Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, we thank you for the privilege to hear your word. As we listen to your word, we pray open our understanding. Because you're the only one who can give us this blessing. Open our understanding that we will behold wondrous things in your word that will transform our lives radically. Give us an insight into your word. Give us the fresh manner from above this morning. Our hearts are ready. We are desperate for you. We are hungry for you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Before I go into the word, I want to take this opportunity to welcome all those who are watching us live all over the world. Welcome. God bless you. I I welcome you and we, we trust that you'll be blessed as you listen to this word. God bless you. Amen. Say the resurrection. The blessedness of the resurrection because of Christ alone. <laughs> the blessedness of the resurrection. In Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, reading from verse 7, it says, But what things were gained to me, these I counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also counted all loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and counted them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Does that, does that make sense to someone? Not having my own righteousness. You remember? Yeah, Christ gave us his righteousness. Righteousness that is outside of ourselves. I told you it's called, in theological circles, it's called righteousness extra news. Righteousness is an alien righteousness, right? And then it's also righteousness pro nobis, righteousness that Christ gained. He lived. You remember when John the Baptist was about to baptize him? When he went, he saw John the Baptist. He told John the Baptist, but John the Baptist said, No, I can't baptize you. No, this is out of order. I can't because I, am, I was sent to introduce you because he said, He who is coming after me is greater than me. But you know what Jesus told him? Jesus said, No, it must be done to fulfill all righteousness. So he fulfilled, no, the John the Baptist baptism was a baptism of repentance, teaching the people, baptizing and preparing them to believe in the one coming and turning from their sins. But this is a sinless one. And then he's also coming to you to baptize him. And so John the Baptist said, no, I can't baptize you. It's out of order. But Jesus said, listen, I came as a man to fulfill all righteousness. Now, he fulfilled all that righteousness because of you and I and transferred that credit into our account once we come into him. So when you approach God, you don't approach in your own righteousness, but you approach God in the righteousness of Christ because of what he has done. Somebody say hallelujah. And so here, anytime we sing or we come to church, some of the songs we sing, he says, in his righteousness. Remember, that is talking about what Christ gained and gave to us so we can be acceptable and presentable to God. All right. Now, watch this. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. That righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. That comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Why is he saying I've counted all these things? The verse 10, he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. I may know him, I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The resurrection made some power available for someone. And Paul said, I turn my back to 
everything that I count dear in my life, just that I will know him and know the, the power of his resurrection. So I approach Christ and I approach life from this standpoint that I don't have my own righteousness because there are things in everyone's life which you can be proud of. At least you passed one exam. Maybe. <laughs> See what I'm saying? At least maybe you bought a nice shoe. Finally, you were able to buy a house. Finally, be able to buy a car. So there are some things you can be proud of. Finally, you found a wife. You got a wife. I you. You, you, you mean, the way you are, you could have said, God, if you have given me a goat, I would have been thankful. But you, you, you gave me a human being. Ah, I, I feel so good about that. You know, there are some people, they go out with their husbands or their wives, and they are so proud that that's my wife, you know. Yeah, that's my wife. You know, so there are things. Some of us are so proud about our hair, our nails, and stuff like that. There are some things you can be proud of. But Paul said, above all these things, everything in the light of knowing Christ is nonsense. He said, I count them as rubbish. The Greek word, the translation is dung. And they were being, being very gentle. So the translators didn't use strong words. But the original is like an old and used disposed menstrual cloth. That, that's, that's, that's the actual, I count them, I count it as my righteousness or anything I've gained. In the light of what Christ has done for me, I count them. That I may gain, I will approach life in the righteousness of God so that I may gain Christ or know Christ and know the power of his resurrection. The reason why people are not experiencing the power of his resurrection is because there are too many things that are choking that are encumbering their lives and blocking the view or the free flow or their free insight or connection with the power of the resurrection. I pray that from this morning, anything that is blocking the flow of the power of the resurrection in your life will be dealt away with in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So he said, I want to know him and the power of the resurrection. Jesus is alive. Say, Jesus is alive. alive. Revelation chapter 1. I like this text so much. So Paul said, I want to know you in the power of his resurrection because he resurrected. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, he said, I am he. (laughs) I am he who lives. Jesus, when he was introducing himself, actually we can can choose to read from verse 17, which will make um, Revelation chapter 1 from verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. I am he who lives. I was dead. Okay? So he said, I live. The one, I'm he who lives. I was dead. But how can someone who was dead say, I live? I'm going to show you something this morning. The reason why no, nobody, no religious leader anywhere in the world ever lived could claim some things that Jesus claimed. And I'll show you why no religious organization can claim resurrection. Because the leaders died and they couldn't resurrect. I'll show you why they could not resurrect. <laughs> Say Christ alone. It's Christ alone. Paul puts it this way in, in Acts chapter 26 verse 8. He said, why do you consider it incredible or an incredible thing or impossible thing for God to raise the dead? Why should, you, why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? He was, he was talking to the guys. But think about it. If God is God, why, why on earth do you think in the same way, brothers and sisters, why on earth should you think that God cannot raise something that is dying in your life? Why do you, why do you think it's not possible? If Jesus came out from the grave, then I know this morning, I can boldly tell somebody, you are coming out from financial coma. You are coming out from the marital grave. You are coming out from any kind of grave around your life in the name of Jesus. Shout amen. Amen. Yeah. 
You see, when you say amen to these things, you are saying that may it be so in my life. You see, see, many people think that a a pastor or bishop prophet is the one who prays for you for things to happen. No, in the economy of God, you must be able to tap into, you heard that lady's testimony. She said, pastor declared on Monday that someone is receiving a miracle regarding his job. And she said that I connected myself to it. I said, this must be me. I tap into it and guess what? It became a testimony. So if you are sitting down waiting for something to jump on you, you, are, you may be missing the way God's economy works. You have to tap into it. Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, someone must take responsibility. Yeah. Oh, so God has done his part, but whoso, so I'm declaring to somebody that something that has died or is dying in your life is coming back to life. Yeah. It's coming back to life. Yeah. It's receiving life yeah. now in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Shout and believe in hallelujah. hallelujah. Now quickly, Jesus died and resurrected. But what's the big deal? That's what some people say. What's the big deal? If he had not resurrected, what would have been the big deal? First Corinthians chapter 13, sorry, chapter 15, verse 14. If Jesus had not resurrected, what would have been the implication? Hmm. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Hmm. There's no point to preach. Because, you know, hmm, hmm, this is good. Listen to this. The content of every godly preaching must be Christ. The content of every sound, godly reason, must be Christ and Christ alone. We can explain so many things, explain so many things, teach so many things, but it must all point to Christ and him alone. Not pointing to a church, not pointing to a bishop, not pointing to an organization, let alone for it to point to political parties. The essence of preaching is Christ and him alone crucified. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 2 downwards, Paul said, when I came to you, I did not want to know anything amongst you. I wasn't interested. My number one interest was Christ, for I determined not to know anything amongst you except what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't care. I don't, I don't want to know how expensive your house is. I don't want to know what sort of job you do. I don't want to know who you are married to. I don't want to know where you're coming from. I don't want to know the bad things you have suffered. I don't want to know the bad things you have done. I don't want to know anything. What is most important? All those things you can say it. I may listen to you. But if it doesn't point to Christ and him crucified, that is where the answer is. So if we marginalize Christ and him crucified, church has not got answer for anyone. It doesn't matter how well I can be trained as a public speaker and I speak and turn the minds of people and inspire people to do all things. Listen, preachers are not fundamentally motivational speakers. They are Christ revelators. My job is to reveal Christ. My job is to preach Christ. And guess what? What do you preach about Christ? Him and Christ crucified. The cross should be at the center of every godly preaching. That's right. I may not mention the cross, but the, everything about the preaching, Jesus at the center of it, it, it all. Jesus is the center, and what we're talking about Jesus, there are different types of Jesus who lived. Some even live at the moment. I'm talking about Jesus and the cross. Do you know what? There's a group of people, they believe that Jesus lived once. The Jews believe it. Muslims believe that. In fact, they believe that Muslims believe he's a prophet. He's called Anabi Isa. They believe he's a prophet. But they don't, even, they don't believe he died. Because they said God took him and hid him somewhere. And later he will bring him back. So, the, the, the history, because Jesus was a historical figure. So, history cannot deny the, 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 the fact that Jesus lived. Listen to this. The, 
the living, the historical Jesus is an unimpeachable truth. It's, it's, it's real. It's real. He did live. You can't disprove it. But then, some people will know about Jesus. But it's one thing knowing about Jesus and knowing about the Jesus of the gospel. Jesus and him crucified. Say, Jesus at the center. Bible says that for he is the cornerstone. <laughs> the scripture says that the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18, 19, 20 talks about Jesus is the cornerstone. What's the cornerstone? A stone in a corner. <laughs> and what's a corner? Where two walls meet. <laughs> so where two walls meet, he's the joint. He holds it together. The cornerstone. He's the one who can hold your job together for you. He can hold your health together for you. Someone is getting something. Listen, he can hold your business together for you. He can hold your marriage together for you. He can hold your children together for you. He is the cornerstone. Christ alone, cornerstone. Christ alone, cornerstone. Christ alone, cornerstone. So why don't we preach Christ and him alone crucified? The essence of every godly preaching is Christ. So he says that if Christ did not resurrect, then preaching is vain. But because Christ resurrected, guess what? There is power in preaching. Because as we preach him, the power of the resurrection is discharged. It's really, that's why I know someone is receiving power this afternoon. I know someone is receiving a divine visitation this morning. I don't know who I'm talking about, but I believe someone is stepping into grace. After today, your life is not going to be the same. After today, things will change in your life. After today, you shall encounter heaven. After today, you are getting a new job. After today, you are getting your marriage. After today, things are changing. After today, expect a miracle. Shout yes. Christ alone. Christ alone. Christ alone. Christ alone. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. If Christ did not resurrect, or it's not reason, then our preaching is empty, and not only preaching, but your faith is also empty. I have faith, I have faith for. So when they say, what faith do you belong? Christian faith. Any Christian faith without Christ at the center is an empty faith. Don't turn Christian faith into political parties. Christian faith is essentially not about politics. Christian faith is essentially, I'm going to say something very strong. Christian faith is essentially not about the alleviation of poverty. Of welfare or of welfare of humanity. That is not at the center of Christian faith. The center of Christian faith is Christ and Him crucified. Right. And then once that is in place, all other things begin to follow. That's right. the, the, uh, the alleviation of poverty, alleviation of human misery, help on human, for humanity, and all those things, then those things come into place. But if we make those things first and make Christ crucified trivial, then we. we they said the faith is empty. If Christ did not resurrect, our faith is empty. So please, I know you want me to help you win some votes. My brother politician, I'm not against you. But please, my message is not about politics. My message, someone said something some time ago. It hit me seriously. I met a pastor. We were having a chat. He said um, about a pastor who has now left pastoring and gone into politics. And this bishop was telling me the, the highest job on earth is the pastoral work. So moving out of ministry into something else is a big demotion. Oh, I like the way Bishop David Oyedipus said. He said, I will never consider becoming a president. He said it will be a major demotion for me. <laughs> because we are in the soul 
soul-saving business. Working directly with God as his chief partners and agents on earth. God. God won't do anything on earth without his representatives. The same way UK, United Kingdom, won't do anything in Sudan or do anything in Libya or do anything in China without a consulate, the ambassador. They are the representatives. Praise the Lord. Recently, our, our mayor went to China. I guarantee you, when he was going to China, the British embassy will make everything available. Make put everything because the, uh, 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 a senior figure in, uh, in the British government is coming to China. So they have to make sure everything. He can't just go and ignore them. He won't do that. In the same way, God won't do anything outside of the church. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, they, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Check from scriptures. The church is the connection point between heaven and earth. Yes, All right. Yes, Someone will get it later. Yeah. That is why Christ is the head of the church. That's why the church is the body of Christ. But let's go on. So if Christ did not, has not risen, our faith will be vain. Okay, the faith will be vain. And then number, number three, if Christ had not risen, same, same, same um, chapter, verse 17. If Christ, this is a serious one. Who? 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 Watch this. If Christ has not risen, uh, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. And you are still a sinner. You are still in your sins. You remember when I was, I was explaining the justification by faith? When I was explaining forgiveness of sins? You remember? Forgiveness of sins. Now, when you, are a, when you become a Christian, all sin of your past has been... De- no, see, let me say it. I was telling them in the office. I didn't get a chance to say it on Friday. There is a difference between forgiveness of sins and amnesty. <laughs> what God gives us is not amnesty. Come on, come on. It's forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. There is a complete difference. Amnesty, you still have the issues you have, but someone is just pardoning you and just favoring you. But forgiveness of sins, when after you are forgiven, they check your record, and there's nothing. It's complete. So you are as it were just innocent as someone who has never done anything wrong. Yes. So Bible says that. Because of Christ alone, we have been forgiven our sins. Anyone who is in Christ, if you are not in Christ, you are in your sins, and your sins will drag you to hell. Yeah, sin. I mean, you can't, you, you can't be swimming with lead tied all around you. Lead. So sin will be, will be pulling you down. I'm going to show you one of the reasons why Christ resurrected and no, no other person could, have, uh, could resurrect. Because sin is like lead. You know, when the fishermen, the weight, metal weight, putting metal weights all around you and you dump into the sea to float, you will go down straight. You'll be trying to come up, but you'll be going down. You'll be trying, but you'll be going down. You'll be trying, why? Because the weight. Sin is a weight. But the good news is that once we are born again, once we are in Christ, Every sin record is completely deleted. So they check your record and there's, everything is clean. Can you imagine that? Every, look at you. Can you imagine you? Before God, you don't have any, you are completely, your, your, your past, so long as sin is concerned, is impeccable. Clean. As pure as wool. Or as white as snow. <laughs> it's, it's clean. Clean. But the Bible says that if Christ has not resurrected, then forget it. You are still in your sin and there is no hope for you in Christ or in God. You can't go anywhere because you are still in your sin and God can't help you. I was teaching somewhere last Friday and I was telling them that the problem of sin is a major problem in the sense that when there is sin in your life, God, you can't have communication or effective relationship with God. So then if God can't help you, the devil will get you bad. That, that, that's, the, that's the root of all, all problems. Satan. But I see someone receiving help from God. 
So if because Christ resurrected, we are no more in our sins. When once we come to Christ, our sins are forgiven. Someone say, my sins are forgiven. I know you don't feel comfortable, and people don't feel comfortable saying it because they still don't believe it. Say, my sins are forgiven. My sins are the devil will keep reminding you, no, you think God will forgive you this kind of sin, God will not forgive you, but the devil is a liar. Once you are in Christ, your sins are forgiven. Say, my sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, so the, the, the next point quickly is, if there was no resurrection, verse 18, look at verse 18. Verse 18 of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What does it say? Hmm, I like this one. It said, then, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ. That's, that's a metaphorical way of putting it. They are dead. People who die. Okay? Those who are dead in Christ or falling asleep in Christ ha- have perished. <laughs> no hope. If Christ did not resurrect, then anyone who died and was a believer has perished. There's no hope for you. Jesus posted this way. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 19, because I live, you will live. <laughs> a, little, a little while longer and the, the, uh, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. Right. So if he had died and had not resurrected, guess what? You won't live. There will not be any hope for us. But there's hope for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. I said there was hope for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. And in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, uh, as we read earlier on, it says that I am he who was alive. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm he who lives, was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I ha- ah, ah, ah. I have the keys of Hades, Hades and death. Can you imagine? He went and defeated death. He went into death, defeated death, and came back and said, I've got the answer. I've got the key. I've got the key. I've got dominion over death. I've got dominion. And he says that now, I'm telling you that because I live, you will live. Amen. <laughs> Not Nothing is permitted to die in your life. Amen. Not your marriage, not your, not your health, Amen. not your job, not your business. You can tap into the grace of God and say, Nothing is permitted to die, nothing is permitted to remain dead in my life. Because Jesus said, Because I live, you shall live also. So when you are alive, other things in your life, things connected to you, must receive life. Shout hallelujah. Your health will receive life. Someone is receiving life in your health in the name of Jesus. Yesterday, after teaching, as you heard, we saw God healing people instantly. Several people were healed. In fact, when we closed, some even came to me. They said, Pastor, I am healed. You know, I didn't even get a chance to say it. I, I, I am healed. God, see, God is a healing God because Jesus lives. He did it when he was on earth physically, the historical Jesus. And he's doing it now. And he will do it tomorrow too. Amen. So what does that mean? Your health has comprehensive cover. Yes. <laughs> as long as you are in Christ, tomorrow is covered. Your health for tomorrow is covered. Amen. Your health for tomorrow is covered. Your health, somebody can't believe it, you see? Your health for tomorrow is covered. Amen. And Watch this, because he resurrected, our faith is not in vain. Release your faith to connect it that your health is covered. Amen. Your health, then they say, oh, normally people in my family, as soon as they turn 40, they begin to suffer some kind of maladies. Or people in my family, as soon as they, they turn 50, this happens. Or they said, oh, the same thing happened to my granddad, it's happening to my mom, it happened to my dad, and now I can see the same thing. The devil is a liar. Even if you have seen the same thing, begin to release your faith and say that Christ has guaranteed my health. My health is guaranteed in Christ. He said, because I live, you will live. So if you are living today, tomorrow you will live. Unless it's your time after, covenantly, after you, 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 you are not permitted to die before 70. You can live. You can live to be 100. That's right. No, listen, no one here is permitted to be afraid of death. Amen. I'll show you because death has been swallowed up 
in victory. Say amen. amen. Now, quickly, so what are the main benefits of the resurrection? I was just telling you, if he had not resurrected, this, is, this faith, futile, still in your sin, there's no uh, future, for you don't have future, and preaching is empty. So now, if Christ has resurrected, once he resurrected, what is the benefit to us? This, you will like this. I really want to clap before I start talking about it. <laughs> Hallelujah! If Christ... Uh, once Christ, uh, the, the blessedness of, of the resurrection. Number one, why did Christ have to resurrect? Why did, what does this mean? The implication. Number one, because he was, all right, who remembers what Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says? Romans 6, 23. He said, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So death came because of sin. Right from the garden, God told them, if you eat this, if you disobey me, if you sin against me, you you will die. Not that I will kill you, you will die. Sin and death, they go together. So sin is the forerunner of death. All right? Am Am I making some sense here? So once you sin, you are opening your life for death to enter. It begins to affect some things. Some things begin to die gradually. And then eventually other things catch up. Human beings were not created to die, actually. But because of sin, that's why we die. But Jesus Christ came to restore the order. So even if physically we die, he says that because I live, you will live. But, but now, so the death is as a result of sin. But we know from scriptures that Jesus was sinless. Jesus was sinless. So why, why, why did he have to die? He died. You, why, why did Jesus die? Why did he die? First Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, verse 21, he said, God, he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, in Christ. So he, Jesus was sinless, but God put our sins on him, and when God put our sins on him, that's when he died. He said, I lay down my life and I take it back. But watch this. But because sin was not found in Jesus himself, the sin that took him to the grave was an alien sin. Come on. I can also put it this. Sin, extra nose. An alien sin. It's not, his, it's not his sin. Watch this. So he in himself was sinless. That is why he could die for sinful people and pay for them because he was sinless. Right? Watch this. If I'm owing 5,000 pounds and I really want someone to help me and I don't have any money and you too, you are owing 2,000 pounds and you don't have anyone to help you. You can't pay your 2,000. How can you come and pay my 5,000? Because we are all in debt. So most of us, if you, are, if you need money urgently, you don't go to your friend who just told you last night that, can you please, can you, can you, can, <laughs> can you borrow me some money? You, can you lend me some money? You won't do that. You go to that friend who told you that, oh, I just, I just got um, a, a bonus from my company. I've got enough in my account. You go to that person, you go to the one. So Jesus Christ died for us because he was sinless and he was the only one who qualified to die for us. Have you seen any religion saying that their leader died for them? Because you can't die for people because you yourself are, are sinful. Now, watch this. In, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 24. Hey! I like that one. Hey! Acts chapter 2, verse 24. Who God, talking about Jesus Christ, who God raised up having lost the pains of death. Why? Because it was not possible that he should be held by death. <laughs> Hallelujah. Death could not hold him down. Death could not hold him down. Death could not hold him down. Why? Because he is sinless. That explains why others couldn't come up. (laughs) That explains explains why no religion can say their leader came back. Because you can't come back unless you are sinless. 
<laughs> Clap for Jesus. Christ alone. Christ alone. He is the only one who went and came back. Why? Because he was sinless. Christ alone. Christ alone. Christ alone. Shout Christ alone. Hmm. Number two. Ikali Masai. Yende, yende, yenkonskit. This is a good one. Romans chapter 4. Hmm. Verse 24. Roman Shabit 4. Verse 24. Senta. Yende, yende, su. Kadima Skotaya. Someone is being blessed. Someone is being blessed. Because this preaching we are listening to, that I'm listening to as well, the power of God is being discharged into someone's life. I'm telling you, some major things are about to happen in your life, anywhere, wherever you are in the world, as you listen. Some major things are about to happen in your life, which will be traceable to this morning. It will be traceable to this message. I see it happening. I see miracles all over the world, all over this place. I see miracles. I see testimonies. I see breakthroughs. I see open heavens. In the name of Jesus. Shout a living amen. Amen. Romans 4, 25. Who was delivered up because of our offenses? Why was Jesus crucified? Oh, I can't hear you. Why was he crucified? Because of our offenses. No, no. If he was crucified because of my offenses, then I can't, I don't have to pay for my offenses again. So long as God is concerned, spiritually. All right, spiritually. Did you hear what I said? Spiritually. Why are you so worried? What is it that God can do? He said, behold, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Behold, our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy power. Nothing is too hard for you. He said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Do you believe it? When Jesus comes to help people, what he's looking for is your confidence in God. Some of us know too much. We know too much. I discovered, my friend told me, he's a doctor, he said, the people, usually people who is difficult, people who find it difficult to receive supernatural healing are doctors. Because they know too much about what is wrong with them. And they know how everything works. So they, it's, it's difficult to just step out of that box of information or the repertoire of their information. Step out of that to tap into supernatural faith. But I'm telling someone, God will help you. God will help you. In spite of your past, God will help you. If, in spite, if based on... In spite of your past, God didn't kill you. You are still here. That means that God wants to help you. God will help you. When the devil tells you that you will die, you are going down. Tell him that I'm not going down. I'm going up. Why? Because of Christ alone. Because of Christ alone. He was delivered, Romans chapter 4 verse 25, he was delivered up for our offenses. He didn't do anything. Why did he die? Because of our offenses. Time, time, time. Guess what? Watch this. Why, whilst he hung on the cross and they, cru- they crucified him, they treated, maltreated him, crucified him brutally. Whilst he hung on the cross, do you know what he said? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive who? Them? Yeah, because they didn't know what they were doing. It wasn't there. God was working out the program. So Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, that if the princes of this world had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know. Bible says that God, he was behind what came upon him. God himself smote him. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. God himself was the one who smote him. Why? Because God loved us so much, he wanted to bail us. This is a God, it's a bailout program. He wanted to bail us out of that situation. 
And so that's why I said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only because that all you got to do is to just believe that he did that. Believe that he did it. And once you believe it and apply your heart to it, but he says that quickly, quickly. He says that he was delivered for our offense. That thing gets me stuck. Delivered. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Isaiah 53, verse 4. The ch- punishment of our peace, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. You did the wrong thing. And you are supposed to be punished before you, have, you, can, be, you can have your peace. Because they said they won't leave you alone because you did the wrong thing. I don't know how many of you are, are receiving some chastisements of some banks. Because of the overdraft you have not paid. Yeah. Or because of the loan. They keep coming. You think it will, it will leave. They don't stop it. Five years ago, issue five years ago, you still keep receiving letters from bailiffs. So sometimes you want your peace. No, it's the same way. We sinned and our, our, the issue was against us. The odds were, all odds were against us. Yeah. And then the Bible says that you, you, but you needed your peace. But you can't pay. That's the problem. You can't pay. Some of you, if you pay, you wouldn't allow the... No, some people, they won't pay anyway. But uh, some of us, <laughs> you won't allow believers to come in trouble. You just write a check and even give them some bonus. But, but you can't pay, so what you going to do? What you going to do? Your debt. And can you can imagine? You keep piling the debt of sin. We keep piling it and piling it and piling it. So Paul in, in Romans chapter 7, verse 23, now 22, 21, 22, 23, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who can help me from this body of sin? Keep piling sin and keep piling sin, and you, but you can't pay it. So God brought Jesus on the scene. Jesus came to pay for it. So he was delivered for our offenses. Now, I'm going to the, the, the main thing I was going to say. So verse 25 again, please. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered for our offenses and raised for our justification. <laughs> what does it mean to be justified? You stand before God just as if you have never sinned. Remember, I said if he had not raised from the dead, he would have still been your sins. Yeah, so, because he, raised, he was raised from the dead, we are justified. You've, you are justified. You can boldly come before God. That is why we can pray. Because you can't pray with sin in your bag. It will affect your prayer. The Bible says that he will have clean hands. But now, the problem is that some people sit in church and they feel, no, no, but I can't pray because I'm too bad, I'm too bad. No, that's why he says I have to die. So you have to for, confess, if you are not born again, you have to born again. That one, that's where it starts. But if you're already born again, because some of us are born again and still, we found ourselves in some places where you know you should, and it bothers you. Am I talking to someone? I know you won't say yes because you don't want anybody to know that. But, 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 but the point I'm saying is that, I'm making is that even though you are born again, you may find yourself, maybe if you're born again, you find yourself in sin. The problem is that you just have to confess your sins, forsake your sins, and guess what? It is wiped away like you never did. So then you can boldly pray. So when you come to church, you are free to pray as long as you can deal with the sin. Not physically dealing with the sin, but in your heart, forsake the sin, confess your sin, and that's taking care of it. So you can freely, freely go to God. You don't have to wait for a special agent. Because what if the agent is caught up in traffic? <laughs> Praise God. All right, quickly. So why was it the blessing of uh, redemption? He was raised for our justification. Say, I'm justified. Yes. Quickly, number, number, number three. Oh, I'm sure I won't be able to go past number three because number three is so good. So good. Sonship. Say sonship. For our sonship. All right. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 4. Romans chapter 1, verse 4. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 4. Someone is blessed. Someone is blessed. As I'm speaking, I feel someone is receiving healing. Mm. Romans chapter 1, verse 4. All right, let's, let's read from verse 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was, who was born of the seed of David, according to what? So according to the flesh, he's David's descendant. We are talking about physical beings. Okay, everyone has got a mother. Someone here who hasn't got a mother? We can find you one. <laughs> Everyone's got a mother. Because you came from somewhere. Your mom has got some, a mom, 
and your mom has got a mom, your, your, his mom, her mom has got a mom, and her mom has got a mom. We all came from somewhere. So Jesus couldn't just show up without a mother. He, we must trace his, his genealogy. That's why this, you can trace Jesus' genealogy to Adam. So he was a real man. Does that make sense? He saw, he saw here, real, he was a real man. Bible says that who was, who was um, born, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Watch this, watch this. And declared, verse 4, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Mm. He was declared, watch this, he was declared to be the son of God. But I thought he was the son of God already. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The son of God, God gave his only begotten son. That son of God was the the, the spiritual Jesus. But no physical human being can claim deity, can claim to have God. No, human beings are not, are not uh, uh, spirit beings. Okay? We, we, you don't have deity. But Jesus Christ, when he came, even though he was God, according to the flesh, his flesh, why he, was, he cried. That's why he was hungry. That's why he was beaten. That's why he died, because God cannot die. God cannot die. So the, the Jesus who died, he died according to the flesh. God cannot be born. That's why you can't say that um, the mother of God, because God doesn't have a mother. God doesn't have a mother. But physical Jesus had a mother. Because you can't come on earth without a mother. So you can say the mother of physical Jesus, but not the mother of God, for heaven's sake. <laughs> we didn't get it. So, so, Jesus Christ, physical Jesus died, and that physical Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and that physical Jesus as man became the son of God. He became deity. So what he did was he became the son of God so that we can also become sons of God. So if he had not resurrected from the dead, none of us can claim that I'm the son of God. So Bible says, watch this, watch this. Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, verse, 20, verse 29 said, For he who, him whom he, he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that his son, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many. That means other ones were coming. When you talk about firstborn, there are others. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. Quickly, look at that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. It talks about how, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Is someone getting it? Jesus is the firstborn, the first human being ever who came out of death. So he became the firstborn of God. The firstborn. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 says the same thing. Being the firstborn from the dead. Jesus is the first. And we are the second, third, and the others. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so the resurrection, the resurrection brought him into sonship. I think I want to end here by the, with this scripture. And then the others post. Oh man. Intercession. Hope of glory. Death is swallowed up. Hey, if he had not resurrected, okay, I will say that. Let me, let me show you this scripture. First one, chapter 2, verse 5. That's the uh, opening scripture for Solos Christos. We are going back to that. Is it okay if we all read it from the screen? Are you ready? All right, let's read it out loud. Let's go. One mediator. One more time. Let's read it again. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and man, the man Christ. His mediatorial function still goes on. But he had to be a mediator as a man between God and man. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Not the, the Lord Christ Jesus. Not the God Christ Jesus. But the man. So what I'm trying to submit to someone is that, um, can I have you guys, please, quick, 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 quick. Can I have you guys? Can I have three chairs from there, quickly? The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Okay, please, the three of you should take your seats. Now, Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, that the Godhead, 
In him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What's a Godhead? It's not the head of God. Okay. When we talk about Godhead, it said the same thing in Romans chapter 1. The, the Godhead means that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Another way of putting it is the triune God, three in one God. Does that make sense? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And that's why Bible said, God said, let us make man. Who are the us? God. God is an us. That's why he created us not to be lone rangers because even him, even though he's one God, there's, you, you, remember, there is one God and one mediator. The, the Jews don't joke with this. Monotheism is called the Shema. Oh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, not three. One God. Okay? So, one God. So, the God who created the heavens and the earth, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said, let us. Who are the us? Him. He's an us. So, he, God he is a self-contained community. He's a community himself. That's why he's God of love. Because love cannot be... Ex, ex, you can't say yourself. Love is... You know, you show love to someone who is out. Of, kind of, you know what I'm saying? So, self-contained community. And so, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Is any man here? That man was not created. You understand that? So, um... No, let, let, that's, that, that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God the Son came and became man. Okay? He became man. Bible said he took on flesh. So, God Christ, he took on flesh. Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it talks about how great is the mystery of godliness. I think 1 Timothy chapter 3, rather. Great of godliness. God became flesh. All right? So, God took on flesh. He became a human, human being. And died... Okay, so the flesh. Now, this is the human Jesus. But the human Jesus was two in one. He had two natures. He had the human nature and he had the divine nature at the same time. All right. And this human Jesus was crucified. Die. (laughs) So he died. So human Jesus died on the cross and he was buried. When you bury human beings, that's the end. Yeah. When you bury, that's why we take them to the final rites and say bye to them. You're gone. So he was buried. He was, his disciples didn't expect him to come because it wasn't normal. When you die and you are buried, that's the end. If there's anything you, you could do, you should do it before you die. So those of you who have not written our wills, if anything you could do, no, you understand what I'm saying? You do it before you die because after death, that's all. So there were disciples were not expecting him to come back to life. And so the scripture we read, the Mary and the other guy went to the tomb and they were looking for the living amongst the dead. And the angel said, he's not here, he's risen. Yes. Just as he told you he will. That's John chapter, Luke chapter 20. Just as he said he will, he has. He's risen, he's not here. So watch this, this is where I'm going. When he died, it's not God who died. By the human Jesus who died. Yeah. And he came back from the dead, resurrected. The hum, it, it's the human, same human Jesus who resurrected. Mm. It's not God, mm. because God didn't die. Mm. So human Jesus resurrected from the dead. Mm. Be- because it was not possible. It was not possible that death would hold him. No. Because there's no sin him. <laughs> Get it, somebody! Get it! It was not possible that death to hold him. So he came back from the dead. And guess what? Bible said he ascended. Human Jesus. Ascended into the and sat at the right hand. First Timothy chapter, chapter 2, verse 5. Put it on the screen quickly. He sat at the right hand of God the Father. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and man. He should have said God. But the man Jesus, the man is seated now among the triune God. There is a representation. Hallelujah. So there is man. The man Christ. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the firstborn. The only one. He is the only one who went in the grave. 
The man Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7.25. He says, he is also able. Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Watch this, watch this. Why? Seeing that since he always lives to make intercession, he is here making intercession for us. He's making intercession for us. That is why he told them, rejoice because I'm going. And when I go, he said, whatsoever you ask of the Father, he will, in, my, in, oh, 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 in my name, because it's Christ alone. John chapter 15, verse 7. He said, whatsoever you ask the Father, in my name. So because, he said, why? Because I am going to the Father. So his kids now come back. Bible says that, he, uh, he, I have to, let me finish this on this, okay? Is that okay? I quote this last scripture. Can I do that, please? Please, pardon me. I'm loaded with matter, something. And I have to hear it myself. Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 down, we said, let this man be you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, been in the, who, who, who even though he was God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So being equal with God, he said, some of us, like, when they promoted you and they told you, okay, you go and sit. No, 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 that's my seat. He just said, it doesn't matter. I'll go. And being, be, be, being, uh, and made himself of no reputation, Taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of men, he became like us. Hebrews chapter 2 says that, don't, don't, I won't quote it so that you think I'm quoting. Hebrews chapter 2, I won't tell you the rest. Verse something. It says that since we are flesh and blood, he himself, I think you should have to know that one. Do you mind knowing? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> From verse 11, it says, since we are flesh and blood, he, since his brothers are flesh and blood, he himself took part of the same. So he also became flesh and blood. So that through death, I think it would be nice to put you on this. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, 12, 13, and 14. Are you following me quickly? For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified. He, Jesus, who sanctifies us, and we who are being sanctified are what? Are all one. What does that mean? What the same essence. What's the essence? The son of God, the son of God, the seed of God, the same essence. So whatever is in this man, Christ Jesus, is also in us once you are born again. It's the same, the same. You can go before God in his name because he's the same. If Christ is seated there, then I'm coming to God. We are the same. Watch this. Since those he who sanctifies and those of us who are being sanctified are of one, for which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. Someone shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. He, he is not ashamed. But you are, the devil is telling you you are too sinful. He is not ashamed to call us brethren. Because he, we are his brothers. He is the first. He is the, f- <laughs> he is the first born. Those who called for for new, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son so that he will become the firstborn amongst many brethren. Put it on the screen again. Let me finish this. Please, my time, my time, my time. Ah, ah. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. Actually, permit me again. Stay there. Don't move forward. When you go to chapter 3, verse 1, he said, therefore, holy brothers, holy brothers, he calls us holy. Hey. You, Bible calls you holy. Yes, because of Christ alone. Wow. Watch this. He's not ashamed to call them brothers. Quickly, brother, verse, verse 12. Saying, I'll declare your name to my brethren. Talking, I'll declare God. I'll declare your, see that your capital. God, I'll declare your name to my brethren. So when we come together as a church, Jesus is busily declaring God's name to us. Revealing who God is to us. He's in his coming down, he brought God to man. And he's going back, he took man into God. That's what he did. Now let me finish this. Go to the next verse. Hey, hey, again, here I am, and the children are giving me. Go to the next verse, verse 14. Inasmuch as the children were partakers of the flesh, what does that mean? We are human beings, physical flesh. 
the particulars of the flesh, uh, of flesh and blood. He himself, you see that himself? Jesus. Jesus himself, okay, likewise shared in the same. He had to become the same. Why? So that through his dying, through that death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. And go, go to the next verse and see. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Shut up free! Shut up free! He who the Son sets free is free. <laughs> ah, ah, your marriage is free. Your health is free. Your finances are free. Your children are free. Your career is free. Your house is free. Your home is free. You are free. You are free. You are free. Shut up and free. Shut up and free. And me shut it and I'm free. Rush your feet and give the Lord a shout. Come on, come on, give him a shout. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I talking to someone who is free in the house? Do you believe you are free? Why? Why? can dance. Every person can shout. Every person can celebrate. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.